million dollars, a couple of billion dollars deposited into their account. And so we had a very aggressive time deadline and we could not miss that date. So my job as one of the project managers was to ensure successful delivery of the, of the program, if that makes sense. All right, so I'm back with another episode, and this episode we're gonna. Uh, I just I'm finding out there's a lot of cool careers in tech that people don't know about. That they you know that we know about the, you know, developers and the people who work at Facebook, Google, all that stuff. But there's a whole lot of other professions that people don't know about. So uh, my guest today is Bo Amayo, who uh, has a business uh, in tech, doing an interesting uh, profession. And so I want to have him on. So thanks for. Hanging out today, Bo. Thanks for having me, sir. And 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 so you 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 will probably be a better um, explainer of what you do uh, than me. So go go ahead and um, you know explain explain what you do and how you got into it. Well, at the moment, I, I currently manage projects um, in the oil and gas industry, specifically targeting uh, mergers and acquisitions and investments. Uh, arena if you will so it's ironic uh, a couple of years ago i went through a i I can laugh about it and joke about it now i went through a divorce so actually a separation and then a subsequently a divorce and the irony of all of it now is the projects that i manage is guiding companies through separation activities acquisition activities mergers so it's kind of been pretty interesting all in the it space all around project management. So that's basically what I've been doing over the last couple of years. And got it. And 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 how how did you get into that? How did you even find out that that was a profession? So I mean, like, like I said, I started uh, several years years back. I got a call from a recruiter, and the recruiter was very it was a very uh, vague job description. All the recruiter said was, "We need a project manager." To go, so the the client I currently work for right now is BP, uh, and so they they they're very very big in the divestments and acquisitions arena, and so I I took on this assignment, and at the time this company BP was on looking to divest one of their assets to a to another company, and so all of that entails, you know, people processes technology. Um, and around the technology space, uh, what software is being handed over, what's going to be retained um, by by BP, and what's going to be handed over to the new company. Subsequently, infrastructure, what's going to be retained, what's going to be handed over to the, to the new company, and all of the processes that it entails. So there's a, it's a lot of it's, there's a lot more details around what I'm saying, but at a high level, that's pretty much how it works. And so from a from a technical standpoint. All of those project management activities, ensuring that we stay on track, because the end the end game at that time for BP was to get this big old, and I won't throw out the dollars, although you can you can Google it, 
couple of billion dollars <laughs> a couple of billion dollars deposited into their account. And so we had a very aggressive time deadline and we could not miss that date. So my job as one of the project managers was to ensure successful delivery of the of the program, if that makes sense. No, yeah, no, that 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 definitely makes sense. And and I imagine in this process, you know, with data being uh you know, really important to companies and understanding their customers and how they're going to invest their resources moving forward. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal not to lose data, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very big deal not to lose data. I mean, you're talking a lot of, <laughs> yes, it's, 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 I can't over, I can't state that enough. It's, it's very, very paramount that you don't lose data. Um, yeah. So absolutely. Okay. And and so and so when you're going through that process, and I know I know it's a lot. Each company is different, but just so we can bring a little value to maybe some, you know, some people who are thinking about the profession, or even just businesses who are thinking about buying other businesses or making transition or just transitioning software. Like when you first, you know, get the assignment, like what's one of the first things that you do so that you can make the process simple, smooth, and as as uh, as a uh, painless as possible so when i first got my first opportunity in this uh mergers and acquisitions and investment space that was the first uh instance i told you about i kind of joined during the execution phase of the project of the program so mainly they were ready to execute the project the timeline the schedule and just go forward now on this uh on my new assignment that i'm on now which is fast forward three four years down the road for my first bp assignment this is another bp assignment so BP is acquiring a company, a huge company. Again, this is in news, BHP Billiton. So BHP, uh, BP bought their onshore assets. So from the, from the onset, you've got a lot of, you know, the legal team gets involved. They draw up a contract. They agree what, what applications, what infrastructure, people, technology, everything you can possibly think of, cell phones, laptops, everything that you can think of that gets moved over from BHP into the BP environment. Once you agree to those, and they call it a TSA, Transaction Services Agreement. And once that agreement is drawn upon, drawn out and everyone agrees, then you get your project managers in place, you, you stand up your governance, and then you begin to execute. And so from a project management standpoint, you, um, and from an IT standpoint, let me say that, in order for you to host all of these applications, you clearly need to understand your infrastructure requirements, how these, how these new applications are going to play in the BP environment. Are they, digital, are they digitally secure? Are they safe? Do they fit within BP's architecture or standards? If not, we need to ensure that they do. And if they don't, if they don't and they don't need to conform within the BP parameters, then we need to ensure that we have all of the necessary sign-offs to ensure all of those things play well. So I say all that to say there's so many different things, mm -hmm. so many different arenas that you can get into. There's our, you know, architects, there's infrastructure folks, there's developers, there's business analysts, there's project management, which is where I sit. But to kind of bring it all home, it's always good to have that person to kind of understand how everything ties in together. And for a while, when I got into IT, I was just kind of getting bits and pieces here and there. I was mainly more of a software guy. The infrastructure stuff, I kind of just kind of shied away from. But now, as I'm maturing into the 
IT space, I'm realizing more and more that your applications, they sit on an infrastructure and that's kind of like your foundation. So mm. yeah, that's, that's pretty much how everything uh, flows. And, and, and so, and so when you say infrastructure, so for somebody like me, who's like, you know, I'm, I know a little bit, but I don't know, you know, I don't know a ton. Is infrastructure more like the operating system or is it even deeper than that or a level above that? So it's, it's that. And then if you really want to go deeper, so like, for instance, the, these applications, they're going to get hosted in some environment, right? Um, and like you said, the OS, the operating system, what is what infrastructure is it going to sit on? So first of all, you need to decide, is it going to be a cloud platform? Is it going to be on-prem, like hosted within the physically and physical uh, on physical servers? Once you make that determination, then, you know, it, a whole host of things, other things happen. But yes, and then when you take a step even backwards, you know, you look at an office and you say, how does this office have connectivity? How do they connect to the internet? Is it MPLS? Is it Andium? You know, what, what is the, what's the backup technology if the MPLS circuit goes down? So all of these infrastructure decisions have to be made mm. well in advance before you, you even think about hosting applications and, you know, and having people having the, you know, been able to, to uh, put, open up their laptops and securely log on to the network, right? So these are all yeah. different questions that need to be answered. And so this may be a little bit off topic, but I know you probably know the answer to it. So, you know, nowadays are, are companies uh, keeping things in the cloud and on hard servers? Um, you know, I guess, and it probably depends on the sensitivity of the information, but I just assumed everybody today was like, let's just go to the cloud. What, what do you see the trend there going? The trend is definitely in the cloud. And you hit the nail on the head when you said um, a lot of it depends on the sensitivity, sensitivity of the uh, data. If it's supremely confidential information, the company may opt not to go on the cloud. And I've seen instances like that. And if you do go on the cloud, maybe it's like a, um, some of it isn't fully hosted by the vendor. Some may be hosted internally or externally. A lot of decisions are made depending on what kind of data, you know, that you're talking about before they make the decision to host it or in a cloud or not. So that's actually a really good point you brought up. Okay. And then, and then, and, and I know, and I, we kind of text message a little bit about this, but I'm, you know, again, I'm new. I never, I never got to pick your brain on this. So I'm doing it now, like, you know, with the, with the blockchain and all that, how does this, and, and let me, let me give you my thought first before we go there. So you'll, so you'll know what I mean. Like my buddy was saying, Hey man, Philip, banks are screwed, you know, because there's all these alternative lenders and, um, you know, they're not making any money because of the spread between what they got to pay out in interest and what they actually can make on the money because of how low interest rates are and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, um, banks are not going anywhere. I said, I think their function is going to turn. I said, I think banks are, and they're already doing it. Banks are going to become basically blockchain companies to keep different assets and data safe because I put my money there because they can keep it safe. Uh, and I got in, you know, and if it gets stolen, I know it, my, my stuff is there. So they're kind of like a security company for money. They're going to be the same thing for uh, blockchain information, data and other digital assets. Like, am I thinking right on that? Or what do you think? You know, what do you think about that trend for blockchain and, and how it's going to be useful in commerce? I'm not very, very, very well versed with blockchain, but I do know I've heard a lot of discussions around that. 
but you did touch on one thing that's very important, which is uh, security. Security is just, that's another uh, piece of uh, another career, I'd say, that's pretty much outside of the cloud. The infrastructure security is pretty much another career that's, that's pretty much booming right now. I mean, how do you protect your environment? No environment. I haven't seen an environment that's bulletproof. I mean, right. If they want to get into your environment, they're going to get in, right? So that's if you if you have any knowledge around security and you know encrypting encryption and all of that stuff, yeah, sky's the limit. But yeah, to answer your question about the blockchain, that's not really my domain. I really don't know a whole lot about it. Again, I've heard rumblings about it, um, but as far as trending, where it's trending towards, I really I really can't answer that. Got it. No, hey, that's. That's a uh, that's real, but yeah, it's um um the the it, and you you answered my other question. I was gonna be like, can you actually keep any of it secure? And then you know, like like you said, is you can you can do everything you can, but you know, just it's like having a gun, a dog, an alarm system, and a safe in your house. If somebody want to break in, they still gonna break in. Uh, but yeah, you, I mean, you can yeah. do as much as you can do, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, again, that fence that fence can only go so high. I mean, I mean, I'm, I, again, in this, being in this environment now, I've learned that hackers are looking for more creative ways to hack into your network. One particular uh, place I never thought about that they, the hackers typically target, for instance, is your print infrastructure. So a lot of times people don't pay attention, so they pull, they will back into, they'll hack into your system, you're in, you know, by you know, getting into your print, your print infrastructure to get into your, your entire system. So. Mm. Companies are realizing more and more that they need to protect that that area as well. Because people don't really think about that. At least that's what I was told. So that's that's uh, yeah. A big security is a big, big, big deal. Big deal. Right. Yeah. No. I I, I um I agree. I, and there's probably already insurance because like, the only thing I can think of is buy insurance. Like you know because I, I'm and I'm pretty sure and you might can clarify this too if you're hacked it can it can be um you know f- you know fixed with a lot of man hours you know um not fixed like they're going to have the information but you understand what I'm saying like you can re-block up everything to protect or whatever but it just it's going to cost a lot so I was like man what if there's like an insurance policy that you can buy just to say I think hey, yeah so, that, so a lot of times what we do, like as far as project manager is concerned, we do these, we, we, uh, we go through a risk workshop. So my job is to, you know, assess all of the risks of the program and then develop a mitigation plan, right? And a lot of times some of these high level risks are reputational damages, right? So if BP data is leaked, somebody hacks in and leaks all of this data, you know, confidential data about potential mergers and acquisitions in the future, that could hurt BP's reputation, that can result in loss of value of the company, you know, just these different things that you really can't put a, a real, real price on right now, but it could hurt the company dramatically. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so those are the types of, again, so those, these are all part of the workshops that we have to clearly document what these risks are, understand what the mitigation plan, if these, if these risks do arise, and what we'll do in the event they do arise. So. Yeah, but as far as the insurance is concerned, the company as a whole, I'm sure they're covered. But again, the reputational risk, man, I mean, that's, those are big. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and hard and hard to price that. Hard exactly. No. Well. So. Um. And and I'm a, but before I get to my last five questions, I want to kind of go one level deeper because I'm I'm thinking like if I were a 18 year old dude or a you know 26 year old dude or even if I were you know 32 and looking to do a career change like to to do what you're doing, what type of knowledge or what do you need to study or what experience do you need to get you know to be able to even get into that field? To be to be honest with you, I think if you have an open mind. Um, if you're analytical, you're a problem solver, and a really good communicator, I think you can excel in this field. Um, if you're open, you know, open-minded, can learn quickly, you know, willing to get your hands dirty. Again, you have to be somewhat analytical, understanding knock-on effects, understanding how things, you know, work holistically, because everything's a puzzle, right? If you look at IT, it's basically a puzzle. You can put everything together, you can see the entire landscape and where the company is headed. And then you just kind of, as a, as a consultant, you got to fill in gaping holes as you go along. So that, that's pretty much what I, you know, what I would say to my son, my 20-year-old son. I've tried to nudge him in this, you know, this area, but he doesn't seem too interested right now. But hopefully someday he comes around. Right, right. Yeah, because I think back when I was 20, I was like, I was like, man, I had a list of like 30 things I wanted to do. And I was just checking them off. I was like, all right, here's all the things I want to do. Let's go talk to some folks and figure out what I actually want to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, well, well man. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll go to the last five questions I ask everybody. If if you can go back and talk to your twenty two year old self, you know, twenty two year old, but what kind of advice you know would you give them? And it can be life advice, career, or business advice. But what type of advice would you tell yourself? I mean, like my twenty year old self. If I could, if I could go back, one thing I would do for sure is be a better saver. And, and and try to tell myself no amount is too small, even if it's 500 bucks a year, 100 bucks a year, just save that money because it grows over time, right? Mm -hmm. But back then I used to think I used to I used to swing for the fences. I wanted to I wanted to save big, and if I couldn't save big, I just passed on it altogether, you know. So if I can go back and tell my 22 year old self, that would be the one thing, you know. And, and the second thing is basically what I'm saying now. I mean, I. I didn't really, I doubted myself a lot as far as career is concerned. And I really wasn't really, I wasn't sure directionally where I wanted to go. I knew it was, an, I, would, I always knew it was in IT, but I didn't know where and how I was going to get there. You know, but knowing what I know now, I'd clearly tell them, hey, this is what you do and this is how you're going to get there. And you're going to make a lot of money doing it, you know, so. No, good, good man. And I, 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 that first point was spot on, man. That, that's that's one of the things that I'm I'm glad you said it because I'm trying to really over communicate that on my you know investment focused podcast segments. Um, you know, I think like, like you just said, a lot of people think, oh, uh, you know, uh, a common question I get is, well, how much do I need to start? And I'm like, well, man, I know people who start with a hundred bucks a month. They're like, really that little? I'm like, yeah, it's all about the habit, man. And you know, you got to think more like you know, working out. Like I'm, I'm on this thing right now where I'm doing a hundred pushups today. Cause like with my schedule and, and my habits and my discipline, I just like, I, I'm just not going to lift weights the way I need to lift, but I can do a hundred pushups a day and it sounds small, but I mean, believe it not, there's some days where I don't even get that, but I'm starting there to build the habit and then kind of work up. So yeah, yeah sure. sim sim similar deal. Um, second question is if you can, um, or it's, it's my, 
it's my stock picking question, right? So it's what are three questions that um, three questions? What are three businesses that that you do business with, like you spend your money with them, and you're excited about um, spending uh, spending money with those with those companies? It can be any company. Yeah, it, it can be any company. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I shop Amazon two, three times a week easily. Right. Yeah, so the second thing, so, so the second thing for me is uh, Netflix. And my kids love Netflix. We pretty much drop cable all together. So, you know, I invested in uh, Netflix and Amazon and Netflix, if you will. Those are my two top top yeah. companies that I invest in now. You know, so that's pretty much it there. Okay. Um, third question is like, we're, so when you don't got to go over any specific like channels, um, but uh, if you watch, if you if it's if it's from TV, but where where do you get your news? So like, and what I mean is like, do you get it from Google? Do you subscribe to an email newsletter? Is it newspaper? Is it TV? Like, what type of you know media do you get your news from? So so I, I do I, I get my uh, I have an alert set up um, every day that I get daily of uh, stock prices and my um, and venture capital. Those are the two things that interest me in the in the stock in the financial sector, if you will. So I get those daily. And Morning Brew is another one. Um, a friend of mine, to remain nameless, uh, had mentioned that to me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, fourth question: when, Whenever you do get free time, where do you um, you know, like where do you, how do you spend it? Let me let me backtrack. I asked that, I asked that okay. question wrong. I, I meant specifically, what television shows and movies do you do you watch when you do get free time? So when I when I have free time, I, I which I I try not to watch a lot of TV, but if if I must, um, there are specific shows that I like to watch. So Billions is a really good show that that talks about a lot of venture capital stuff. The, the the bribery and corruption at the highest level, white collar crime. So that's a really really good show. I'm sure you've seen it, but if you haven't, you've got to see it. It's a really good show. Okay. Um, Game of Thrones is another show that's pretty popular. So those are those are some of the good shows. Shows I watch. I watch well, The Shy. I'm not sure if you know what that know about the show, but uh, you know, I mean, I I heard about that show. Like I guess the star got into some trouble, but I hadn't heard about it till I heard it. And I still haven't, I didn't even read that article. I just like saw somebody post it and I was like, oh, that's a show. But um, it's a really good show. I mean, and now it's kind of put a sour taste in my mouth with the guy. Because he was one, he was one of my favorite uh, um, actors on the show. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to check that out. I haven't watched Game of Thrones, but I'm on, I think I watched two seasons of Billions. And I don't, I don't know what season it's on, but, you know, I got, real busy and just never like I just never went back to it so I'll kind of let I'll probably let it pile up for a couple seasons and then binge it you know one time. <laughs> I know you'd like it for sure <laughs> yeah I, mean, I like I like the first two seasons so I was like um you know it's hard to to unconnect from it but I'll, I'll pick it back yes, up sir. last question what are what are uh, if you listen to podcasts what are a few podcasts that um that you listen to normally Oh, I just really start. I just got on a podcast train, if you will. Um, a friend of mine, she uh, she recommended a couple of them, and 
And one I had actually listened to recently in particular was around the, uh, I forget her name now, but it was a really, really good podcast. It had like seven episodes. Go look it up right now if you want. It's a rise and fall of uh, Elizabeth Holmes, Theranos, the Theranos story. I'm not mm. sure if you ever, uh, it's a really, really good docking uh, podcast. Uh, so called, I listened to that. It's, it's, called, it's, yeah. about, it's called that, the title of it is Theranos Story? Yes, it's a Theranos. So it's the rise and fall of Elizabeth Holmes. So this, this, this girl went to high school in St. John's and at the age of 20, I know it was before she turned 30, I think she became a billionaire, but it was all a Ponzi scheme. I mean, she, she manipulated a bunch of people and made a lot of money, got a lot of VCs to invest in a company. I think that's another podcast I think you'd enjoy. So I, I listened to that a couple of weeks ago. That was really good. Um, and then other than those podcasts, I listen to a lot of TTJ, uh, not, uh, not TTJ, uh, Pop in Dallas, uh, Tony Evans. Mm. Uh, he's a really, really good uh, minister. So I listen to him. I listen to him daily, except uh, Sundays. Okay. Every every weekday and Saturday, except Sundays, I listen to Tony Evans. I need to check out his podcast. So yeah, I try to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize he had one. But so no, nah, man. Um, well, well, I I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on to share. I know, I know you're busy, and uh, but no, nah, man. This was this was eye opening because you know we know each other for a little bit, and I've still I'm I just start just found out what you did a, you know like a few months ago, and I still am finding a way to really understand it because tech is such a big world, man, and there's so much you can do. Um, and so I just want to expose people on different alternative careers. And please don't take it from me, man. I'm just a, I'm just another dude, man. I, I hope your listeners can get something out of it. You know, I, I try to tell anybody that would listen, kids, my kids that would listen, that it's a pretty dynamic career. You can go a lot of different directions. But hey, I hope it helps somebody. Uh, I, you, you definitely did, man.